The Family Kitchen Gardener, Part One, by Robert Boist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bellona Times. The Family Kitchen Gardener, by Robert Boist. The Family Kitchen Gardener, containing plain and accurate descriptions of all different species and varieties of culinary vegetables, with their botanical English, French, and German names, alphabetically arranged, and the best mode of cultivating them in the garden or under glass, with a description of implements and medicinal herbs in general use, also descriptions and characters of the most select fruits, their management, propagation, etc. By Robert Buist, author of the American Flower Garden Directory, published in New York by Orange Judd and Company, entered according to Act of Congress in the year 1847. By R. Buist, the Office of the District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Preface Gardening is one of those occupations that combines pleasure with healthful employment. Reason and history unite in regarding it as the first pursuit that engaged the attention of man. The fruits of the garden are appreciated by all, and contribute much to the pleasures and comforts of life. But many possess gardens unworthy of the name. For want of a knowledge of their management they are unable in season to supply the wants of their own table to remedy this deficiency is the object of this compendium into it nothing has been admitted that is not of the most practical character it may be received as the result of thirty years experience and observation on the cultivation of vegetables and fruits to have given the reason for many of the operations recommended, or the process by which certain conclusions have been arrived at, would have enlarged the volume without adding to the value of the advice. It has been the object of the author to describe the preparation of the soil, the mode of culture, and the best varieties of every fruit or vegetable for market or family supply, in the plainest language and most concise terms. The subjects are arranged in alphabetical order, so that anyone, in an instant, for any part of the United States, may see how to cultivate, when and what to sow, and when to reap. Hitherto, the works on this subject have been merely repetitions of European writers, not at all adapted to our climate, or, when compiled with some degree of consideration as to that, yet simply the names of vegetables have been given, allowing the gardener or amateur, unguided, to select whatever might strike his fancy without enabling him to supply his wants. In this manual will be found a short but faithful description of the best vegetables and fruits, their period of maturity, or the relative earliness or lateness, with their botanical, English, French, and German names, 
a facility not met with in any similar work we have ever seen. We omitted a few vegetables of a coarse description, principally raised for cattle by field culture, among which are the Portugal or cow cabbage. The former appeared lately as a new vegetable under the name of cui tremchuda, though cultivated twenty years ago under the former name. The latter, also an old vegetable, created some excitement a few years ago. Mania having died away, it finds its merited place. The fruits have been arranged in the order of their attaining maturity, and only the best in their season have been selected. It is presumed that the list will be found a certain guide to those who wish to grow only the best and most prolific sorts. Some selection of this kind has for some time been imperatively called for by the wants of the gardener, farmer, and amateur, the multiplicity of sorts in these larger works and catalogues rendering them nearly useless to those who merely wish to know those kinds adapted for family or market supply. In illustrating our subject, we have endeavored to avoid the use of all technical words, and to make everything so plain that it can be comprehended by the most illiterate. In conclusion, if this little manual be the means of diffusing a knowledge of vegetable culture, more generally, of adding to the pleasures of rural life, of increasing the interest taker in horticultural pursuits, or guiding the gentleman, farmer, or student in the occupation of his leisure hours, it will have attained the objective. Signed, the author, Philadelphia, February, 1847. THE FORMATION OF A VEGETABLE OR KITCHEN GARDEN Before proceeding with the subject of vegetable culture, the attention of the reader is requested to some remarks on the formation of a kitchen garden. This subject is forced upon us by a knowledge of how much labor and money are expended in producing one misplaced, badly designed, and unproductive, a most unpleasant attendant upon a country life when by the same labor and expense one could have been obtained that would have yielded liberally every pleasure, every comfort, and even every luxury for a bountiful table. The situation is a very gentle inclination toward the east or southeast, that it may have all the advantages of the morning sun. The next preferable exposure is south or southwest, if sheltered from the north or northwest, so much the better. However, avoid the neighborhood of large and spreading trees, as their roots will exhaust the soil and their shade injure the crops. In selecting the ground, it is of vast importance to have the soil of a healthy quality, being mellow, dry, and capable of being worked with the spade. The best soils are of a friable and loamy texture. The worst those of a very light, sandy, or a stiff, clayey description. If the bottom or subsoil be retentive, trench the ground at least 18 inches deep. Good vegetables can never be produced on sour soil, nor on thin soil of only a few inches depth. 
Care and attention are necessary in trenching, as on the proper disposition at first the after good will follow. I most decidedly condemn the mode of trenching ground generally recommended, that is, to bury the top spit and turn up the cold, sour subsoil. Experience has taught me another lesson. Open the first trench two feet wide by putting aside the top spit spade deep, then turn up the bottom where it lies, at least the full depth of the spade, in the same manner as in digging. Throw the top of the next trench on the top of the first subsoil, and so on, till the hole is finished. The general method of trenching is to turn the top soil down and uh, the subsoil up. This is attended with evil consequences, as many years will elapse before the bad soil, which has been turned up, can be made equal to the good soil, which has been turned down. Another point we call attention to, uh, the inclination of the soil. Some authors in this country merely publish the ideas of those in Europe without regard to their applicability in to this climate, and have recommended the, an inclination of one foot in from fifteen to twenty feet. Such a declivity would, during our heavy rains, sweep soil, manure, seeds, etc., to the lowest ground. An inclination of one foot in forty, or merely sufficient to carry off the water, is all that is requisite. However, the means have frequently to be adapted to the ends. If the situation be necessarily on the side of a rising ground, throw it at once into terraces of any required breadth. Let the steeps be covered with turf, to prevent the washing away of the soil, and arrange the plains into subdivisions for culture. The shape or figure of a garden is a point of little consequence, though the square, or any form approaching it, is the best and most convenient. The boundary lines may be of any form, but these interior subdivisions work to the best advantage in, in even lines. With regard to size, that, of course, must depend on the number of the family and may vary from a quarter to a whole acre. The walks may be from three to six feet wide, straight or serpentine, the former preferred, however. Where fancy may dictate, the latter can be adopted, cropping the curves of the ground with flowers, fancy plants, or choice fruits. Rotation of Crops I admit that the same vegetable can be grown upon the same spot with success year after year, but I also assert that a rotation of crops will be more productive, which is of great importance in culinary gardening. Therefore, never grow exhausting crops in succession. Substitute those alternately of as different roots and constitution as possible. Keep these objects in view, and even with ordinary management we vouch for a crop. Assiduity in the destruction of weeds, neatness and cleanliness, a constant stirring of the soil, digging deep and manuring freely, must be the constant companions of the gardener. Making the business a source of pleasure, 
profit, and advantage to himself, and an ob object of admiration to others. Of Manures We may here premise that no garden will be worth its culture unless well supplied with manure every year. The present day is a period of considerable agitation on this all-important subject. We have tried several of the new manures, some of them to our loss, and, when we have departed from the stable-yard, few to our advantage. In Europe, great attention has been given to this subject, and many specifics recommended, which, when tried, have had frequently uncertain results, though in particular cases they have been crowned with success. In this country, however, our resources of domestic materials are abundant, and on every farm and garden much goes to waste. All weeds and useless vegetables, sweepings of walks, etc., should be dug into the ground at once. The dung of domestic birds, compounded with fresh soil, is a great renovator, but, if applied by itself, use it sparingly. Guano can only be safely applied in solution, one pound to five gallons of water, the liquid to be used when the vegetables are in a growing state. Gypsum is beneficial, but not of any duration. Poudrette is a very active manure, highly exciting to early crops. The safest and best of all manures are the combined deposits of the horse, the cow, and the pig. These, thrown into a heap to ferment, saturating it with all the soap suds and urine that can be collected, will form the best, the safest, and most permanent manure, not equaled by any or all of the nostrums of the age. It may be applied at the rate of from twenty to thirty tons per acre. This quantity is not too much when a garden is regularly cultivated. It requires no adept in vegetable culture to take at least two crops a year from the ground. Lime is not genial to the growth of vegetables. Its principal function as a manure appears to be to dissolve the organic matter in the soil and facilitate its decay. Soils of a sour, heavy nature, full of thready, undecomposed vegetable fiber, are greatly benefited by a dressing of air-slacked lime, but on rich soils, well cultivated, its effects are unfavorable to the growth of culinary vegetables. End of The Family Kitchen Gardener, Part 1